The Marlins go pitcher at 10. Completely stunning everyone. Noble Meyer, the first pick for the Marlins, the first round pick for the Marlins in the 2023 draft. We're going to dig into all of the picks thus far. This is happening real time, but we got a, we got the three picks from day one to dig into, plus some of the picks in day two. A lot of fun, a lot of upside. This is Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England. Welcome to Locked On Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, on Twitter, guys, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you listen to the pod, hit subscribe. I appreciate everyone, everyone. Um, this, of course, is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. There is a YouTube channel, guys. It's called Locked On Marlins. Search it up. Head on over there. Hit subscribe too. Much appreciated. You will see. It's Monday's episode, the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett, not in the house. Isaac Shapiro, back in the house. Isaac, thanks for joining me again, buddy. How are we doing? Hey, Pete, I'm doing good. Um, I would try my British accent, but I, I fear it's not that not that strong, so I'm not going to impersonate uh, Sean today. Um, but I'm doing good. You know, we Marlins had a great start to the draft and um, couldn't really feel much better than that. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to spend a lot of time digging into it because, you know, we we yesterday recorded in advance of the draft, thinking about how things could play out. Like you said, I think right at the start, it's like picking a 10, there's so much that can happen. Like there's nine picks clearly that can happen, that will happen in advance. And thus, those picks will determine the direction the Marlins would go. Everyone expecting that they would be taking a hitter, but they were sat there with a big name pitcher uh, left on the board, and in reality, they end up going down that path. So let's dig into that shortly. But before we do that, this episode is sponsored by our good friends at Sleeper. You can swing for the fences on Sleeper picks, and you could win up to a hundred times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a hundred bucks match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over thirty states. Check out Sleeper today. Okay, more about those guys later on. I'm sure of that. Um, initial reaction, though, mate, because you know we you mentioned there's a couple of arms. Noble Meyer, you talked about yesterday, saying that he was definitely a top ten talent. Um, probably, you know, you expected him to go maybe to Colorado or would see what the other guys that were like leaning to the pitch inside. But he was sat there available. There was plenty of other bats available, but the Marlins going for Noble Meyer with their 10th overall pick, their first round pick. Your immediate reaction to that one. I mean, you were probably on the plane, but nevertheless, um, what was your thoughts when you heard the news? Uh, well, uh, when I when I saw the news, because we were, I was basically, I, I had the stream going on the plane. Everything was working great. Um, and then we were about to land, I think, when um, Cincinnati was on the clock. And so my stream went dead. Uh, we landed and I had the tracker up and I'm, I'm refreshing just as the moms <laughs> were about to pick. And um, when I saw Noble Meyer pop up, you know, on the MLB.com tracker, uh, I, I was stoked. I, I was happy. Pretty much a sigh of relief. Um, it, 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 mm. it was half. They didn't take Jacob Gonzalez half. They took Noble Meyer, um, mm. you know, 
from January when I really started kind of getting into the draft and into draft prospects, um, Noble Meyer was kind of near the top of my list. I'm kind of thinking, you know, the team can't really develop hitters, but they can de- develop pitching. So why not take yep. the pitcher, trade bats, um, trade for bats? And I mean, once we got close to the draft, you know, we we started getting talked up into the bats, and so um, Meyer kind of started to fall away from uh, the my sight, like the you know in front of me. But you know, he was always one that um, I was very high on, and so very excited that that they were able to land him. Yeah, for sure. From a money perspective. Uh, are they expecting to, because we talked about this as, as well yesterday, thinking maybe they'd go kind of like slightly under slot um, with with their first pick, but potentially just so they could spread around the money from, I don't know if it's you know known at this point, but is it expected maybe they'll be slightly under slot there with Noble Meyer at 10? It feels like it could be. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I would guess that it would be around slot or maybe even like a hair under. Um, I, I was kind yeah. of taking a look at it earlier that, unless you're like a top three pick in the draft, you know, these high school pitchers, even when you're like top 10, top 12, they, they do seem to get like a round slot. They, they never really seem to go way over slot. So it's not something where they're picking him and they're paying like a, a million dollar premium just to get him. Um, mm-hmm. I think they would probably get him for around the slot value. The the real, you know, the real uh, money breaker would be the Thomas White pick um, yeah. at 35. That's probably where they were saving that money for. Yeah. Agreed. Any, any concerns? I mean, <sighs> A high school, um, like there's there's risk built into that, I guess. You got any concerns the Marlins going down that pathway, you know, taking taking the young stud? But I, I mean, for me, there's just that risk exists. The injury risk exists for pretty much any pitcher these days. Like it doesn't matter like really what age. Like um, I don't know if that should be a knock. Like if the talent's there, the upside's there. I think that's what the draft's about. Like shoot your shot, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I guess with any high school pitcher, the, the the inherent risk is that there's so much that could go wrong, and they're, and they're so young that you know there 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 is that injury risk. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, Skeens has the injury risk. Don't, I mean, any pitcher has the injury risk because they're a pitcher and they're going to do the same thing. They're going to throw the ball, you know, 95 times and start. Um, and, and I mean, I was trying to, you know, I spent start at like 7 a.m. today. I was trying to find like a hole in his game, like Noble Meyer's game. Yeah. There's no hole other than a potential injury risk risk because he's a high school pitcher, but he doesn't even, he never really had injury concerns, you know, throughout high school. I, I, I don't really see much risk here outside of no. your traditional high school risky, you know, prospect. Yeah, absolutely. I must say some of the highlights, like, you know, clearly right. The pick gets made. I've never seen him pitch ever before personally. Next thing is you've got a couple of highlights there, and boy, oh boy, it just looks absolutely filthy. Um, I was blown away by it this morning, to be honest with you. I mean, this dude, I was looking at him thinking, how the hell is this dude only 18? Like, it's insane. I guess we say the same with Uri Perez, clearly, as well. Like, you know, the fact that Uri's, what, a year and a half maybe older than him, and he's doing what he's doing at the big leagues. But for Noble Meyer, I was just blown away by the highlights package that I saw, and you know, the talent is absolutely there, just insane stuff and movement. And, you know, he's got the gas too. Equally, the other thing that really um, landed with me in the interview, you're looking at his face, you're looking at himself and you're thinking he looks very young. I mean, I'm nearly 40, so he looks very young. But the voice, you know, he's got some, he's got some depth in the tone of the voice. So that was, you know, that was impressive too. But just talk to talk to us about Noble Meyer in terms of his 
you know, his stuff, his repertoire, et cetera, et cetera. But from the package, it looks, it looks insane. Yeah. I mean, it's an incredibly advanced pitcher. I mean, easily the top high school pitcher in the draft. He might even be the second most talented pitcher in the entire draft after Paul Skeens went, you know, as a top pick. Um, yeah. The fastball, it's electric. It gets up to 98. You know, you could see he's six five. He's going to grow into that body that it's clearly going to exceed a hundred miles an hour. He's going to be pumping a hundred within the next couple of years. Um, mm -hmm. He pairs that with a elite slider. I mean, it, a, a slider, it has, um, it, it spins over 3000 RPM. So it, it's got an incredible spin to it. Um, if you remember, uh, Jackson Job was the Tigers 2021 uh, top pick. They picked him, I think, third overall. Uh, they pretty much took him because he had that 3000 uh, RPM spin slider. And so right. when we're talking, you know, it's, it's an elite slider by MLB standards. He pairs that with a very good changeup. I think he said that was his uh, third best pitch, but in, in all the video that's um, circling around Twitter, I mean, it looks elite. It looks like Yuri's changeup. It looks like Edward Cabrera's changeup. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's in like the mid 90s. So it kind of has that high speed, high tail type of action to it. Um, and then he does have a curveball, which he says is kind of developing. He's kind of working on. Um, but even that pitch, it also kind of is in that 3000 RPM spin rate um, area. And so um, it, just a, a really strong feel to spin the ball, which the Marlins tend to like. You know, they, they look for those high spin guys. Yeah. Um, but he pairs that with an incredible uh, pitchability, uh, very mature, a very projectable, you know, body. And so um, I, I, I really struggle to find something negative to say about, you know, something that he can improve on other than just maturing, getting a little bit stronger, you know, maybe harnessing a couple of those pitches a little bit more. I think he said he was working on a cutter too. So that, that, that would give him maybe the potential for uh, five above average pitches if he can hone in a cutter. Uh, he's oh, already boy. got three plus pitches, which I mean, it's, it's hard to find that um, from a high school prospect who, who's got all that uh, pitchability and maturity. Yeah, no doubt. He, listen, he, he spent half an hour with Braxton Garrett. He'd be covered. Like, you know, <laughs> Braxy just like creating cutters out of nowhere in the, in the middle of the season and then throwing an elite cutter, which is wild. But anyway, uh, I, I was, I've been. I, we spoke about it yesterday, to be honest with you. Like, I was perfectly comfortable with the Marlins going with an arm in round one if there was if there was one of the top arms available. And, you know, frankly, I trust this organization over any organization to develop pitches in the right way. And, you know, I think the interesting question, we're going to talk about Thomas White shortly as well after the first ad. Um, but I think with those two first picks, the interesting conversation and question starts to come around, you know, what this means maybe for the Marlins and the big league club right now as they try to maybe bolster their their roster and what it means for maybe some of those kind of upper minors guys that are already in the system. Like, is this part of a bigger plan for some activity at the deadline where they feel like some of the arms in the system now may be moved as part of some deals to carry on this all-in pathway in 2023 as the Marlins are in the hunt? So we'll talk about that after the ad, but um, this episode is also brought to you sponsored by our good friends at better help um and uh listen guys sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path forward it isn't always clear whether you're dealing with decisions around career relationships or anything else therapy helps you stay connect connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, 
the easier it gets. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge if it doesn't quite work out with with the one that you're matched with initially. Um, Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. All you have to do is visit betterhelp.com slash locked on MLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on MLB. All right. So the Marlins then double down on pitchers, mate, and they double down on high school pitchers. They go with the best righty. Out, you know, from a high school perspective, anyway, and then they go with their comp pick and they take the best lefty high school pitcher out there in Thomas White. So not only do they go with Meyer, they double down and go with Thomas White. Reactions, your reactions to that one with the Marlins going with uh, another pitcher with their second pick in this draft? Yeah, well, uh, you know, from yesterday, you know that I was near and dear to you know a lot of these prep high school infielders, and and you know I wanted to, you know to take a whole a whole lot of them. Um, at the end of the day, they were getting taken just before the Marlins pick. And so by the time they got to yeah. pick, you know, a lot of the, the elite, uh, you know, upper level ones were, were already selected. Um, mm-hmm. I thought this was a really good job by the Marlins of just taking what the board was giving, taking that, um, you know, surplus value of talent, uh, where they were in the draft. It, it kind of felt like if you're in a fantasy draft, fantasy baseball, and you're picking and, and, you know, the rounds are going by and you see that player who's ranked like 35th, but, you know, it's the seventh round and he hasn't been taken yet. And you just kind of take him, you know, he wasn't part of yeah. your necessarily plan to, to draft him for your team, but it, it's just great, immense value. Um, Thomas White was a guy that early on in the year, you probably could have talked yourself into the Marlins taking him with the 10th pick. Um, he, he's someone that, you know, since he was like 13 has been on kind of the pro radar. He's been, you know, the best pitcher in the state of Massachusetts for the last like four or five years. And so uh, to get him at the 35th pick, um, you knew he'd command a lot of money. Uh, he's a, a strong commitment to Vanderbilt. So to get him at the 35th pick, um, it, it was a bold move, but it was a mm. kind of a heist. You know, when you when you get you know the two top high school pitchers in the entire draft. The question will be: Can they sign him, and for what kind of money? Do you think the Marlins can get it? Get a deal done here with Thomas White? Yeah, and, and, and you know, I I think. They wouldn't take him if they didn't think they'd be able to sign him. He'll probably command, you know, at least a, a million north of, of what his slot value is. But mm-hmm. um, especially if, if you're kind of looking at who they're taking kind of in, in today, which I'm, I'm kind of following along, um, yeah. they're, they're saving some money right now. And, and yeah. kind of those, um, you know, even the, the third, the second, the third through kind of fifth, sixth round, they're, they're going to be saving a little bit of money so that they can secure white. Yeah, it looked, it looked pretty clear, didn't it? Particularly, like you said, that day two got rolling they seem to be taking a few guys that, you know, it wasn't a best player available situation. They were like taking some, some guys that may be projected further out in the draft and thinking, let's get them now. We can get them signed, um, you know, for a little bit less money, save some money on those, those picks because, you know, that money's going to probably be needed to, um, yeah, get Thomas White his extra million or whatever the, the number will be on the slot um, value. So, yeah, we'll see. But, you know, overall, just, your reaction here, the Marlins going pitcher, pitcher in what we expected to be a draft <laughs> draft that was littered with uh, with hitters. Like Kim's been on the broadcast. It's a hitters draft. It's a hitters draft. In the end, they've taken two pitchers. And I think to your point, the, the, the biggest point you've made there, I think, is they decided to just 
make the selections based on what the board gave them. And I, you, you can't really knock that approach. I don't think they were actively targeting these at the start. They've scouted them. They liked them. The picks came around and they took them. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, welcome to the MLB draft where you, you just have to start expecting the unexpected, right? You know, you thought they're going to go hitters and, and they go pitchers and who knows, who knows what to expect with the MLB draft, you know, at, at this point. Um, one thing I wanted to say about, you know, with kind of where the farm system lines up now, um, you know, Miami, they, they have a strong um, pitching, you know, strong pitching in the farm, but a lot of that talent mm-hmm. is starting to, to kind of mature, right? You know, you either yeah. Meyer. Cabrera, you know, they're all, they're all kind of getting up towards the MLB. Um, sure. They've got uh, Carson Milbrand and Jake, uh, Jacob Miller, who they drafted last year. Um, but after that, the depth is a bit shaky um, kind of in those lower levels. So this, yeah. while it does kind of seem easy to think that the, one of those two pitchers might be on the move in, in the coming you know weeks with the trade deadline coming up. Um, I think this is also just kind of a restocking of the, the uh, pitching pipeline down at the lower levels. And maybe, maybe it does lead them to trade, you know, one of those two guys that they took last year, or maybe they trade either. Um, but I don't know if this is necessarily a two in two out type thing where they bring no. in two pitchers to replenish two uh, that they're going to be trading in the coming weeks. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm really intrigued to see, you know, what this means. I think Jake Eater in particular, I think is a really interesting name as we approach the deadline. Um, you know, I, I think all of the names that have kind of like all risen together, Eater. Folden, Max Meyer in some ways too. I know there's like some some injury-related elements that pertain to this season, but, you know, I wonder if there's deals to swing with non, you know, non-contending clubs this year. You know, they'd be happy to take like a Max Meyer as part of a, a big deal. I don't know. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting because the reality is you look at the, the rotation right now and, you know, the, the big league rotation, it's so young and controllable at this point. So they've got this conveyor belt like rising to the upper minors and they've got nowhere really to put them, you know, unless you go, well, Max Meyer, do you want to go and throw the eighth inning where we need, you know, a righty, which I don't think that's the peak of his value. But, it, I mean, it'd be great, great for the Marlins to have that. But I'm really intrigued. I, I do think, you know, clearly Bruce Sherman calling it out a few days ago in in an article with the Heralds that, you know, Kim, she the Marlins are buying and Kim's going to have every resource required. And, you know, the Marlins are going to be buyers. And so with that, it's going to mean some talent's going to be leaving from a, a farm perspective anyway, because I don't think they can deal from their, the big league roster at this point. Like they absolutely shouldn't be dealing from the big league roster. So yeah, we'll see. They finally take their first hitter and this profile for me, well, just hearing DJ Svillick talking about it after, you know, he's talking about this guy, you know, corner outfielder and we'll get him settled at corner outfield. And then maybe we'll think about, throwing him in a catcher. So it seemed like a wild defensive profile in Kemp Alderman. Um, what was your take on this one? Again, this consensus, the consensus around this anyway, was like really positive for the Marlins here. Yeah. I mean, my first thought was my God, is this power immense? I mean, yeah. Well, I, you know, he, he wasn't really too much you know, on my radar too, radar too much. I was really focused on these high school guys, maybe mm-hmm. kind of the upper level college guys. And so um, I watched a little bit of his video at the combine um, and he was mashing baseball at the combine. It, it was easy power, you know, ripping baseballs. And then, yeah. you know, watching highlights of him, it just looked the same. It, it was true 60, 70 power, um, just, cl- you know, hammering the ball, you know, 110, 115 mile an hour exit velocities. The, the approach, everything about him, it looked a lot like Pete Alonso. Yeah. Um, now that would be kind of the ultimate, 
you know, unbelievable outcome where, you know, we'd have to build DJ a statue, but um, th- that's just kind of how it looked. I'm, I'm mashing, you know, a big masher who, who's going to get the ball into the seats and, and be hitting home runs. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't see much about the catching. I'm not really sure if that's something he'll be able to keep doing, you know, in pro ball. I, I do like the idea of just put him in a corner for now, let him work on the hitting. You know, yep. the last thing that we need to do is try to force a guy into a, a catching position diminish his hitting ability and, and then all of a sudden your second round pick is just kind of a waste at that point um so mm-hmm. let, him, let him keep mashing let him hit and then once he's kind of got a good feel of pro ball sure you can try him behind the plate and maybe he turns into that um kind of like what we would expect like hope paul mcintosh could be where you know he can actually catch every now and then hunter renfro type outfielder cannon arm um i, I really like this pick after looking looking into it a little bit more um and, and it's save it's going to save him a little bit of money too you'll they'll probably um, save a hair um, of what the slot value is for this pick. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like like you said, I, I saw some of the clips too, and boy, oh boy, like you, he was like, it looked like it was BP or like a home run derby kind of setup. The clip I saw, I don't know, maybe that was the combine. So I guess that makes mm-hmm. sense. And yeah, there was some easy pull power that was just insane when he was just <laughs> launching some balls. I mean, he has got some serious power. Yeah, and it, and it was DJ Spillick after the. The picks had been made. There was a media session with DJ and, and Kim, probably a Zoom call, I think it was. Um, but yeah, he he mentioned that he's, he'll start in the corners, but they may give him a shot behind the dish. I think he's had a couple of games behind the dish um, already. So yeah, I mean, to your point, just let him come in and just settle in with the hitting and get that, you know, get that settled and then worry about the defensive stuff like later down the line. Like fundamentally, the Marlins, if... If they can get a Pete Alonso stick out of him, then like you said, it's statue season, baby. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, just one more thing, you know, he's, yeah. he's an incredible athlete to, to be, I think what is it, 250, 250 pounds to be that large and be able to catch and, you know, throw from the outfield. I mean, you gotta be a pretty, pretty strong athlete. So it's nice to bring in an athlete, uh, who's that large with that much power. Um, if they can get the stick going, then, you know, that's going to be a, a top prospect for him. Yeah, boy, oh boy. I tell you, this whole draft thus far, I mean, the first couple of picks in particular, first four or five, I mean, everyone's six foot five plus. They've just gone super pumped height. I mean, David Sampson would be like pulling his hair out of this draft. Like, I mean, serious height on these boys. Everyone's six, three, four, five, six, seven. It's just insane. So, you know, the Marlins have seen the benefit with Yuri Perez, Sean Reynolds, I guess. You know, they realize like, Let's get some big boys in here. So it's one hell of an NBA lineup as well, brewing here in, in Miami. So yeah, we'll oh, see. Yeah. And I think he, I think he could throw uh, like ninety four up the mound too. So if they want to pull a Sean Reynolds and and he needs to switch to to pitching, uh, oh. I, I think he can he can pump some gas on the mound. Oh, there we go. What what are you till like? He's you know it's, it's Otani two They've taken. Happy oh days. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's switch it over to uh, the, the the early picks in day two shortly. Um, I, and I must say their fourth pick for me looks extremely intriguing. Brock Vredenberg, uh, if I've said his name correctly, you know, I've got a pronunciation issue, but this profile is extremely wild to be honest with you and looks unbelievable to be honest. So how the Marlins got him here, I do not know. Before we do that, time to let you know about our good friends over at Sleeper, um, and with the chance to win. More money with less picks at the sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. 
You want to win up that money on, on Daily Fantasy Baseball and Sleeper is now offering that max payout, 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big time. Big time. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKED ON. It's all one word and it's in caps, locked on, and you'll get up to a hundred bucks match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Speaking of sleepers, I think Brock Vredenberg is one hell of a sleeper. I absolutely am blown away by this profile. He looks to me, he looks like he might even have a chance of starting opening day in 24. Like he looks so polished. He is. Garrett, Hoop, Garrett, Hooper, Garrett Cooper, but with even more power, I think, than Coop and better defense. I mean, just talk to me about Brock. Was he on your radar before this all got going? He he was not really on my radar. He was someone who, you know, I, I had seen him in the rankings. I, I had seen him once he at the combine. He was at the combine. Um, just not really someone I, I was really thinking about then drafting. Um, but, you know, uh, Prior to day two, I, I thought Noble Meyer, my favorite pick. I, I absolutely love the pick. But now, you know, seeing day two, Brock might be my favorite pick. I mean, <laughs> you, you don't often find a six foot seven uh, hitter who can hit, you know, who can make great contact and, and not really strike out too much. I, I, I think he's kind of a more hit over power guy. Yeah. Um, kind of surprising coming from a six foot seven guy, but yeah. um, he was the only player in all of college baseball to. Uh, have contact rate over 80% and a um, chase rate less than 19%. So it's a guy who's making contact and he's not chasing at all. So just qualities of a good hitter. Um, clearly being six seven, you have to think that he comes into a little bit of power uh, yeah. too. I, I think his big knock was that he he's not particularly a great first baseman he, uh, defensively. Um, he, he's not a great oh, wow. defender. Uh, so he's probably a DH kind of guy, maybe a passable. Yes, I don't really care where you play. I don't really care if you're a DH. You know, I, it's just a bat that I want to get into the lineup. Um, so I, I was very happy with that pick after kind of looking into him, looking into him a little bit. Um, real quick, the Marlins did just make another pick. Um, just kind of funny. They took a guy, Justin Storm, and he's a six foot seven pitcher. Uh, so just <laughs> while we're talking about Brock, they picked a guy who's basically the exact same size um, in the seventh round. There we go. See, the Marlins are just prioritizing. They have basically got they've got the draft, uh, all the attributes, and they've sorted by tallest, and they are just rolling through and taking the yep. tallest dudes out there. Um, like like I said, Uri Perez, one of the tallest dudes out there, and he absolutely is shoving it at the big league level. So yeah, I mean, to your point, I, I love this this Brock profile. Just looked, it looked insane. And uh, just talking about the defense, I mean, boy oh boy, like the Marlins took Jacob Berry last year in the first round and what was that sixth overall and like he had no defense either so i mean someone in the in the third round with this kind of profile and no defense if that's the only knock boy oh boy we take it sounds absolutely wild what about emmett olsen then? because um this is i think where maybe they start to go under slot i think is maybe the initial reaction like this one some negative vibes is how I would describe Marlon's Twitter. For the guys that know and are following like really closely, a few people saying they, they really didn't like this one, but I think it may link to the money. But what 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 about Emmett Olsen for you? 
Yeah, so th- this is kind of where DJ starts to get into his uh, pitchability guys, right? Where I was kind of saying in rounds like 6 through 10, you'll start to yep. see a lot of junior and senior uh, college pitchers who they think they can maybe mold into an MLB starter. This is kind of in the range where Pat Monteverde went, where Brian Hoeing went, um, Dan Castano maybe a little later, but that kind of mold of pitcher. Um, in Emmett Olsen, I, I see a guy uh, kind of like a Jake Eater type where um, he can get up to 95 from the left side, kind of a, a weird a weird slot, um, arm slot. Uh, he's got a good breaking ball, and uh, his kind of uh, his development as either a pitcher or a reliever is really going to um, depend on if he can get that third pitch. Um, Marlins are fantastic with developing a changeup, and so if you need a changeup, the Marlins will give you a changeup. Um, if you're a two pitch guy and one of them isn't a changeup, you sorry, you're yeah, a three pitch guy now. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't care. You're, you are a three pitch guy. So, uh, Emmett Olson, he might be a two pitch guy, but in, in my mind, he is already a three pitch guy. Um, when I hear pitchability and I hear, uh, like a, you know, older guy with pitchability and the moms are taking him, I think that's a perfect fit. Um, so, you know, maybe it's a guy where they're saving a few bucks. He's not the highest ranked player. You yeah. wanted that prep high school bat. I, I think I've tweeted a hundred times in the last two days, get me like this high school bat at the end of the day. They're looking for major league players, guys that are going to help contribute, um, guys that are going to add depth to their organization. Mm. And if they can get another couple Monte Verdes in this draft, yeah. all that does is give you more assets to move at the deadline to to play around with and to to, to develop. So um, yeah. always good getting a lefty. Good to get two lefties, and let's see how tall he is. He's only uh, he's six foot four. He's only six foot four. Um, <laughs> but but you can you can you know. If you're a two pitch guy and you need a change up, you're a three pitch guy. And so I, I'm okay with this pick. Um, I'll, I'm looking forward to seeing if he can't be a starter, he should at least profile to be a solid reliever. Um, but you know, this could very well be an MLB player. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's, I mean, what more could you want from, you know, fourth round pick, I guess, like, you know, you, you, you get an MLB players lefty, get lefty dudes that can, that can sling it. I mean, Emmett Olsen too, when I heard the name, saw he's a lefty, I just immediately thought, I think him and Trevor Rogers are going to get on well. Like, I don't know, like just culturally or something. I just, there's going to be a vibe there with Emmett Olsen. It sounds very, I don't know. It sounds very Amer- American country or something. I don't know. And I think him and Trevor Rogers are going to, they're going to connect. Uh, and Trevor's going to, going to really kind of take him under his wing, I think, with this one. So, um, Final one before we get out of here. Um, overall assessment thus far of the Marlins draft. Like this wasn't the board that I don't. I don't think you were expecting. I didn't have any expectations. But from your perspective, they didn't go down the pathway you were thinking. But even though they've gone in a different direction, just like maybe a grade if that's the easiest way to do it. Like of, of what you've seen they've done thus far. Yeah, you know, every year I probably name a list of like 30, 40 players I'd like for them to take, and they usually don't take any of them. So I'm, I, I might just be done. <laughs> saying who I want them to take and just, and just reacting whenever they take a player. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm going to give them like a firm A minus. I, I have no reason not to give them a, you know, a, a strong grade for this draft. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of, kind of looking at, at the picks, you know, they went real, they got really hot on, on day one with Meyer white and Alderman. I mean, I'm, I'm giving them an A on those three yeah. picks. I know, I know the, you know, if you're not going to, if, if you're not high on high school pitching, you're going to view this draft very differently. Um, but for me, I mean, if you want the high upside, you got to take on that high risk. And so um, I'm, I'm all in on, on the top two picks that they made. I love the Alderman yep. pick. Um, they need power. Uh, Brock Vandenberg, I, 
don't know how they found this guy to take him, but they they did it, and it, it was a great pick. And and now we're seeing them just fill the rest of the draft with um, pitchable pitchers, you know, affordable uh, pitchable guys who where they identify a player, you know, this guy could be really good if we maybe help him with this thing or give him a changeup grip. Um, yep. and, and maybe they can unlock a couple things that will uh, result in a quality MLB pitcher. Um, so I'm giving them an A minus. Um, we're going to see how how this keeps playing out. Um, from the you know eighth to tenth round, it's probably going to be more of the same with uh, pitching. I'd watch out for the eleventh round. Um, you know your bonus pool money covers you from rounds one through ten, mm. uh, but after the tenth round, you can actually give a player whatever. You, whatever amount you'd like, I believe you, it's like 150,000, but um, this is 11th round is kind of where you can overpay for a high school kid who should have maybe gone higher. Yeah. Buy them kind of down to that round. Um, So we'll we'll see what they, what they do uh, as we go on, but I've, I've really liked the draft so far. Yeah. Good shout. Good shout. A minus. It feels, feels positive. A lot of people had like the Marlins as an A, I think after day one in particular, like they, they liked what they did. They took the two best high school arms and then, a real power threat in Kem Alderman. So, you know, we'll wait to see how it plays out. I do think the interesting knock-on is what it means for the deadline, whether it means anything. It may not mean anything, but I think, you know, it's an interesting one to restock, like, at the top end with some some additional arms. I know there's, like, clearly some way away, obviously, being high school guys. But, yeah, I, I'm like you. I From what I've seen, feel excited. That's, you know, that's the best thing as fans coming away feeling excited. I must say with Jacob Berry, that pick last year, I didn't feel excited, to be honest with you. I felt like it was kind of a bit safe and a lot of people weren't that high on that pick. And so, you know, Noble Meyer, I think, is a completely different situation, as is Thomas White, as is Kemp Alderman, to be honest with you. I'd have probably, you know, preferred all those three over Jacob Berry. Um, Khalil Watson, I felt different about. I Like, I love that Khalil Watson pick at the time. Um, But, you know, as you know, I'm not a draft expert. I just... You know, now they're in the system. Now I'll start kind of loosely tracking along. But I feel like the Marlins have, have you know, have done well. I, th- I feel like people think they've done well too. But it's going to come down to what they can do with Noble Meyer, what they can do with Thomas White, you know, where they can tap into that real power of Alderman and, you know, what they can get out of Brock, I guess. Like, he looks real polished. So I'm, I'm interested to see. But it's been a lot of fun, Isaac, with a double episode extravaganza, back-to-back days. So I appreciate you, brother. Um, for those that are listening and need and how well don't have the graphics to help them let let everyone know where they can get you on twitter make sure they're following isaac as well so let them know mate yep uh you can follow me at seven toe 17 uh homage to our boy six toe we hope he pitches again <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely do no doubt <laughs> i can see craig mesh already firing up a gif accordingly based on that uh final sentence but um guys it's been a lot of fun uh, the draft is still happening as we speak, uh, but I, as, as Isaac's already mentioned, I feel like this is uh, DJ Svillick's range now where he's just going to be cooking with pitches, so it's going to be arms galore, and then we'll see what they do after round 10. Um, but thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day, guys. I'll uh, be back tomorrow on Tuesday. Sean Barrett, the UK GOAT, is in! So uh, Sean Barrett pushed back a day. We're going to be looking backwards at the Philly series and also looking ahead, starting to think about needs heading into the deadline, particularly with maybe some additional ammo uh, for the Marlins to use. So look forward to seeing you then. I'll see you tomorrow.